0: Last week. I uh, spoke about Remembrance Day and and how important it was to remember all victims of all wars. Ironically, when I got home uh, that evening, I finally got around to reading the newly revised and upgraded New Internationalist magazine, for the September and October uh, edition, uh, which had been in a pile of publications waiting for me since I got back from Malawi uh, in the middle of October. Uh, that what was interesting, quite a apart from the format, and I'll get back to that later, was the theme of this issue was Making Peace in a World at War. Uh, And it included a great investigative article entitled Out of the Runes, written by Hazel Healy, who is one of the New Internationalist co-editors and who specializes in peace and conflict. Uh, And and her theme, uh, well, well, not her theme, but she actually went into northern Nigeria and she spent time there uh, where Boko Haram and the Nigerian army have created a state of insecurity, violence, and anarchy. Nevertheless, she found many people of all faiths working to provide support, diffuse conflicts, build bridges, and build peace. It's extremely gratifying to get news of people working to solve problems and not just the typical journalistic contributions to terrorism foisted upon us by the western media new internationalist is a great alternative investigative news source written in a very accessible fashion and 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 uh, covering all the good causes uh, it's had a very impressive run for over 45 years and now the new internationalist is a a, a reader owned community co cooperative uh media cooperative with 3400 shareholders uh they've undertaken a new format quite successfully without upsetting old guys like me who don't really appreciate having to change or do anything like that uh they um there was also another article in there that uh, that uh, was 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 quite exceptional uh, because uh, because it was uh, it was uh, a graphic historical how do you call a bande in english it's not a comic strip but it's a, a graphic piece of history, an article written in a graphic form, uh, 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 bright, colorful four pages, uh, called the, uh, entitled The Rise and Fall of Patrice Lumumba. So there were two Africa things in there and two things we should remember very clearly. Uh, And in that brief portrait, it shows how the betrayal of Africa by the former colonial powers and the United States had left the continent super exploited, devastated with war and deliberate development. And that follows very nicely on a piece I had just received uh, about a month and a half ago from yet another old friend. Uh, And it was a rappel or a recall, an old article from the Guardian Weekly of the 17th January 2011, And it was entitled Africa, a continent drenched in the blood of revolutionary heroes. So it, it, it's, its cover is between 61 and 1973, six African independence leaders were assassinated by their ex-colonial re- rulers, including Patrice Lumumba of Congo, who was killed 50 years ago that day in January 2011. And, and and it's a well-written article, a uh, very good background. I would hardly uh, uh, encourage you to take a look at it. Uh, uh, Guardian Weekly, 17th January uh, 2011, uh, titled Africa, a Continent Drenched in the Blood of Revolutionary Heroes. We'll take a brief uh, musical pause and uh, move on. Ah, beautiful piece by Morricone, "Manche and uh, and oh, I, as I was just saying to Yasin, whenever I ride in a car with a CD player, I, I I put that on for the longer distances. It's wonderful. I was talking about the new internationalist and how it has been redone, but uh, there's also another. Uh, um, uh, a periodical, an online periodical called Quartz. It's out of the States, and I'm typically suspicious of anything out of the States. But a friend sent me, uh, uh, what would you call it, in email terms, it uh, sent me copies to review, and, and, and I, I looked at them for a while, and now I'm hooked. Even though they advertise themselves as business-focused, they are very social media savvy and with a very broad-based outlook that takes an alternative position on so many things. Uh, every, uh, for instance, the, the 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 article that really caught my uh, my eye on the October fifth edition was, every year. And, and, and this is my introduction here, every year since independence in the 1960s, African leaders trekked to the annual opening of the United Nations General Assembly to make contact, seek aid and support. And in the case of Malawi's venal leaders, fatten their pocketbooks on the generous allowances allocated for their foreign travel. But the, 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 the article that caught my eye was uh, under the byline, uh, Loving China, Uh, And it explored the phenomena where this year, twice as many African presidents went to China's Africa Summit to the United Nations General Assembly. Now, there's been a huge debate uh about african uh, uh about china's involvement in africa and 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 in this particular case uh the first bit was uh, was really just about uh how um, how uh, uh, how many countries didn't go uh, to the united nations versus went to the uh, the uh, the um Went to China for the uh, the the, Chi- the annual forum on China and African uh, cooperation. That uh, for instance, there were apparently twenty-seven uh, uh, presidents. Uh, at the New York assembly, where there were pr- closer to fifty-one in, in Beijing, and uh, and where other African states sent lower-ranking officials to the U. UA- to the United Nations, uh, presidents made sure they were present at the uh, in Beijing at the uh, forum for China and African cooperation uh, the, the the ones who skipped were were uh, were, were uh, the UN were many 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 and and it's, it's it's it was probably not surprising that that should happen uh, the article goes on to explain that uh, the, the the forum in China took place uh, literally two weeks before the United Nations General Assembly had opening and as a result many of the uh, fifty two or fifty one presidents present in Beijing uh, couldn't afford yet a second trip given on the one hand that there are so many things happening in their home countries uh, that that have to be attended to uh, and and uh, also uh, the limitations of the united nations body where where uh, it's much much less important as a multilateral support agency uh, compared to the uh, belt and road uh, um uh, Belt and road uh, support that china is giving um and 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 uh, there's a, a clear evidence of that from the the forum the next article that I got was uh was uh, October seventeenth uh, and it reignited the debate the, the, the article that I just talked about are uh, the twice the many presidents at the african uh, at the, african, uh, at the um, Forum on uh, China and Africa Cooperation. Uh, that that was very literally just straightforward about how many members were there, but. The debate uh, which has been blowing since China began its uh, dedicated push to invest not just in Africa but in regions of the world long and exploited known, uh, the, this with a strategy known as Belt and Road Initiative which is meant to tie together uh, from a, a connection of nations from China all the way through Asia and the Middle East and, and uh, Africa and, and, and of course that's received a lot of criticism from the West. It's been an intense debate, and uh, the other article that really caught my attention uh, was uh, entitled exactly that. The intense debate on Africa's China debt is flawed, given how much is owed to the West. Uh, the, are, the writers were Yu Shan Wu, a professor at WITS, Chris Alden from London School of Economics, and Kobus van Staden, uh, who is uh, also Quite incidentally, the co-host of the weekly China in Africa podcast produced by the China Africa Project. Uh, Van Staden is currently a senior China-African researcher at the South African Institute of International Affairs in Johannesburg, and 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 uh, you know it's uh, he's been doing a lot of research over the years as a professor at Wits, and now this uh, the the uh, Institute of International Affairs uh, on it, uh, and and the article links to this article, uh, it has a direct link to the Africa-China podcast, uh, where he and another person, Eric Olander, discuss the implications of the China. Africa connection. Uh, so let's play the first seven minutes to introduce this article. Uh, and, 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 and I heartily encourage you to check uh, more podcasts in the, uh, uh, in the Africa China podcast, because it covers quite a broad spectrum of culture, education, uh, and other involvements, not just investment.
1: The China and Africa podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Africa China Reporting Project at Wits University in Johannesburg. The ACRP promotes balanced, considered reporting on Africa-China relations through innovative training programs held throughout the year. More information at africachinareporting.co.za. Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander. And as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden of the South African Institute of International Affairs in Johannesburg, South Africa. A very good afternoon to you, Kobus. Good afternoon. Kobus, this past week, I posted a couple of different uh, art links to articles on LinkedIn and on our Facebook pages. Uh, talking about the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs, who is really going on the offensive in a number of different media appearances, talking about how the United States is replacing aid for trade. And as part of his, this new push that the United States is doing, is saying we are not going to be part of Africa's debt problem anymore. And it's interesting because the United States for a long time uh, was very much a part of Africa's debt problem in the 80s and 90s. And today, with the launch of the new... Uh, International Development Finance Corporation that came out of the BUILD Act. Uh, the United States now is putting forward $60 billion to fund private investment into Africa. And in part, they're offering up an explicit criticism of the Chinese for the debt trap narrative. And they are really accusing the Chinese more so than almost any other entity of fueling the current debt crisis that is plaguing so many different African countries. Now, what's interesting is that this, 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 there's a lot of nuance to this debate. Uh, about African agency, and that is the role of Africans in the ongoing debt debate. And so much of the American narrative seems to make Africans look and sound and feel like victims. And that is that the Chinese are doing this. And once again, outsiders are taking advantage of Africans. Now, this debate is so interesting because, Cobus, you and two of your academic research colleagues in the business— Uh, Chris Alden, who's a professor of international relations at the London School of Economics, and also a senior research fellow in the foreign policy program at your institution, the South African Institute of International Affairs, joined you along with our old friend Ushan Wu, who's a research associate at the Africa-China Reporting Project at Wits University. Incidentally, full disclosure, a funder of this program, a supporter of this program. If you'd like to know all the details about that, we welcome you to check out our page at chinaafricaproject.com slash about. So just want to put that disclosure out there. So the three of you, Cobus, put together a paper, The Flawed Debate Around Africa's China Debt and the Overlooked Agency of African Leaders. So before we get into this question about the flawed debate part, because that's what interests me the most, I'd like for you to take a quick moment to define the word agency. And I ask that because it was really only up until about two months ago or two years ago, sorry, two years ago that I understood what the concept of agency was. And it's a word that's largely used in the academic realm, but not in day to day vocabulary. So can you talk to us a little bit about what agency means in the context of geopolitics and specifically about Africans and debt and the rest of the world?
2: Agency is a kind of a shorthand for um, for to which extent can uh, can an agent a person or in this case a government um, to which extent can they make their own choices to which extent do do they do they occupy a position in the world where they where they can act independently um, so in you know in the case of in the case of the china africa relationship um, there's been a lot of a lot of talk through through the years of of you know in, in which people were asking how much agency do african countries have in relationship to in relation to china so in in other words you know what what can a country like benin or or malawi what can they do to to make sure that they get the right kind of deals, that the deals that they want. To which extent can they can they enforce their own laws? To which extent can they act as a as a full as a full agent with their own their own kind of decision making power in relation to a, a giant economy like China? So it's a kind of a shorthand to to talk about African independence, African decision making, and the 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 power that African governments have to pursue their own development and economic agendas.
1: You know, it's interesting because in the United States, we never talk about agency in terms of our government and our politics. But what we the word we use is sovereignty and this idea that American sovereignty will not be impinged upon by the United Nations or the World Bank or multinational institutions or putting American soldiers under UN command, for example. That's an infringement of our sovereignty. What's the difference between sovereignty and agency? In your opinion, and I, I may be throwing you a curveball because we didn't prep this, but is, does that sound like they're linked in any way? Yeah, no, they, they definitely are linked, and the you know
2: sovereignty really um, frequently comes up in China-Africa relations as well. I think sovereignty is a, sovereignty is a bit of a narrower term in the sense that it really relates m- much more to to governments themselves. You know, you can talk about agency in relation to people as well. You know, and I think it's it's become a kind of a word that is used a lot in on the left side of 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 politics, of of identity politics to talk about, you know, to which extent can you know, a, a person of color or a woman or, a, or LGBT person. To which extent do they occupy a full per, per, a position of full personhood, where they can make decisions about their own life, you know, on their own terms? So, so agency is useful there too. Sovereignty, I think, is a, is a somewhat you know, is, is, covers a lot of the same ground, but it particularly relates to government action. Um, and you know, I think agency is is a way to think about how Africa can get what it wants. You know, especially in the in the in a moment when Africa is increasingly not only state governments; they also they also Africa is increasingly setting a continental agenda. You know, so their agency can be can, is, is useful to talk about governments, but also
1: about the continent as a whole. OK, so it's good that we got these terms out of the way because it's going to shape the rest of our conversation. And we really didn't want to have this conversation without first explaining this so that a lot of folks who are like me, frankly, and didn't understand what the word agency meant would have been left out of it. So,
0: so that's just a brief taste to, 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 to get you interested. It's called China Agency. In Africa podcast, very intelligent, very well researched, uh, very uh, uh, interesting uh, debates. Uh, The full disclosure about being out of Wits uh, University uh, is a very important uh, disclosure. Uh, That 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 leads me to yet another article on Africa that I really quite appreciated. That another friend sent me uh, uh, with the China connection. That uh, that was uh, bred me to yet another uh, two new media sites. the first site was the, the Greenville Post, and I'm not sure how to pronounce it Green or Grenville, but it's G R E A N. V-I-L-L-E, that's G-R-E-A-N-V-I-L-L-E post. And and it advertises itself as an anti-imperialist tool. Uh, the volume that I'm looking at was volume 14, uh, X-I-V, Wars are Crimes Against Humans, Animals, and Nature. And in it is an article in the November 17th, which is very recent, China Africa a new accord by Leo Zhao who has his own website of very interesting articles absolutely interesting articles he uh, he's uh, originally from Beijing resident in Berlin a prolific writer and analyst runs his own website called medium.com where he defines himself as insurrectionary rhythm radical hedonism egalitarian sexuality and then Makes make raves Marxist again, uh, taking making uh, making fun of the the Make America Great Again, uh, and he covers abroad. A spectrum of subject. Uh, I was uh, fascinated by his article "No Drums Allowed: Afro-Rhythm Mutations in uh, in uh, uh, in North uh, in North America," uh, and how uh, African uh, slaves were forbidden from having drums in their uh, in their uh, in uh, in their circles at all uh, because of an, an an insurrection that had uh, happened because uh, when drums were used as a, a tool of bringing people together, but the article I'm really interested in here was in fact the uh the uh, what he what he wrote about uh, the um, about, about uh, the the uh connection with uh, with um, oh my gosh I'm, I'm running out of words here uh, where, where, where's my paper uh, where, where he he, te- he takes a look at this new accord uh, uh, and goes over again the same issue I talked about earlier the forum on China Africa cooperation uh, the series of meetings between Chinese and Africa heads uh, that, that began in the year 2000 so it's not new we're talking 18 years they've been going at this uh, and uh, and he really does Take in hand. Uh, Let me read his introduction because it it really, I think, gives his perspective on it. For 500 years, without exception, foreign agency, back to what the Africa. The China and Africa podcast said, foreign agency in the land of Africa has been exclusively self-serving and brutally exploitative. Thus, it is difficult, if not impossible, to imagine the possibility of any other kind of relationship between outsiders and Africans. But today, at such a crucial juncture of global transformation, for many reasons including the future of entire populations in the world at large, it is vitally important to not only imagine, but to observe and support, based on concrete facts, the building of exactly a different kind of relationship. And he goes through in great, well-researched detail the, 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 the way China has focused on Africa over the last 20 years. Um, and he points out some of the common myths that Chinese projects are not concentrated only in resource-rich countries, but distributed all over the continent. And in fact, I'll confirm that Malawi has very little resources to offer China, but Chinese investment there is is very very important in terms of uh, the things they're they're going they're going into. Um, uh, only one African leader was was missing from the uh, the forum uh, the 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 forum on China Africa cooperation, uh, and they at that forum indicated that go- China is going to put. F- 60 billion more dollars into Africa over the next 5 years and there's a breakdown in his article of where it's going and and, and he talks about how uh, it, it's understandable that there are concerns small countries like Togo and Benin uh, are so small in terms of their economy and their import and impact on the world that that uh, trying to stand beside uh, China and its momentum is like uh, is like Trying to hitchhike a ride on a jumbo jet, uh, you'll either uh, get picked up in the jet stream or you get blown apart by the violence of it. Uh, so, so it's 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 fair to be concerned, and and of course it's also very, for, very fair to be uh, uh, concerned about uh, corrupt business practice, uh, c- problems with labor, culture classes, racism. Uh, these unfair practices uh, must not be swept under the rug, but should be, uh, but should not be used to be judged the full sum total of china's uh, activities so i heartily encourage you to go both to uh green uh, greenfield uh, Greenville, uh, .com and check out their stuff and also to uh, medium.com and check out uh, what they've got to say uh, because this leo zhao i i really was excited by his writing uh,